Hello and welcome to E20, your unofficial EastEnders podcast. As you can probably tell, it's a bit different round here this week. We are social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Lexi would want, we're all staying home. I'm Emma. And I'm a severe asthmatic, just trying to survive in a world plagued by coronavirus. Connor, you may have noticed a little bit of an absence this week. It was because me and Emma were trying to figure out what to do with a podcast <laughs> when we've got to be trapped indoors for 18 weeks. It's weird this week, isn't it? So as you, it's so strange. As you can probably tell, Connor's actually on Skype. Yeah. I'm yeah, here I'm with a homemade up. studio and Connor's <laughs> calling in. <laughs> It's just like we're on like um, my favourite radio show, Night Owls. It's like we're on that, you know, where they've been called in. Long time listener, Alan. Long time listener. <laughs> first time um, caller. First time caller, though. I just wanted to say, Alan, I had this really odd dream yesterday about a witch. And then when I woke up the next day, there was these three black cats outside. Just absolutely love it. If you just want to listen to Geordie's uh, talk about ghost stories, type in Al Robson Night Owls on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm like, Social distancing's already gotten to me. Well, it's I weird, isn't it? It just feels like a normal Skype chat, but it's not. <laughs> it's so strange. It's so strange. <laughs> so it's going to be a bit different round here for the next couple of weeks. Today is a bonus episode where we have part two of chapter two of the fanfic. We're going to have a game and some nice outtakes to cheer you all up and then next week we'll be talking about last week's EastEnders with like Lola and Peter all that drama then after that we'll have the week where it's going to be us putting together the two weeks of only two episodes and then after that it'll be fortnightly because as EastEnders have said due to the coronavirus they're gonna stop filming for the foreseeable future and that means there's only two episodes per week so we think it'll only be right for us to go fortnightly but don't worry, we will be here every week because in between, that is where we will be putting the fan fictions. And you won't have to wait for part one and part two from now on because the fan fictions will just be their own separate episodes. So let's kick off this show and we hope you're all well and keeping safe. Here is the jingle. Dun, 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 dun. You ain't my mother! Yes, I am! Get out of my pub! You need a slapping den! You bitch! You cow! Look at your coat. Hello, princess. Frank! Stice! Puppies in the fridge! Sausage surprise! Hope you enjoyed the fireworks! Good night! So, social distancing? Is it going well? <laughs> I mean, there's not much we can really say, is there? Other than just keep yourselves safe. Obviously, you've probably noticed that like things have been a little bit different on our Twitter and a little bit different on our social medias. It's because me and Emma were trying to figure out how the heck we're going to try and make <laughs> yeah. this work when we can't actually be in the same room as each other. So we came up with a few different ideas. And one of those is obviously changing to fortnightly and over Skype. But that doesn't mean you're going to miss out on anything. We're going to be putting loads of other content out for us, you know, just to keep your spirits up. Just like wartime, isn't it, Emma? <laughs> just like wartime. <laughs> the community rallies together. <laughs> to be fair, during this social distancing and isolation, we did have a lot to think about over these last few days to think how are we going to like work this? When's yeah. it going to go out and stuff? So we've been keeping ourselves busy during this. So what you're about to hear is the next part of chapter two of our fan fiction. And you'll notice Connor doesn't sound like he is on 
some form of iPad or computer. <laughs> That's because we recorded it the other week, thankfully. Yes, thankfully that was done in advance. However, the rest of them will be done like this, so who knows what they're going to sound like. The impressions are already bad. <laughs> Maybe this will improve my Sonia. <laughs> so now it's time for part two of chapter two of our Secret Slater's fan fiction. Emma departed, following in the shadows, lurking, creeping in Martin's footsteps, whilst Connor returned to the Vic to face the wrath of angry builders, which normally would have formed part of a wishful daydream, but the smell of waste and rotten food was overwhelming. But he had to endure. He had to go on serving drinks and supplying people with hope. Thankfully, he wasn't alone. Tracy had already begun lighting candles and passing them to each person as they entered. It's like a vigil. What's going on? It stinks out there, Callum said as he and Ben entered. Turns out no one is picking up the bins and one of my handymen knocked the power out, the dark-haired boy said, his eyes tired with troubled thoughts. They are, they are. If he's handy, mind sending him over? We need someone who's good with their hands. The stubble-chinned car salesman chuckled. Oi! Callum chirped. Only joking, babe. Ben said as Connor poured out a pina colada and a, v- a vodka and coke for the pair. I'm swamped with orders here. The bins are overflowing. There's no lights, no power. And now Emma has gone walkabout. Connor panicked. If you need a hand, we could help. Ben offered. Really? Connor said, his face beaming. It's like, like I was just narrating. <laughs> <laughs> You're just chatting to yourself? I am. <laughs> sure thing. What are friends for? Callum replied as he and Ben joined the new young landlord of the Vic behind the bar. Besides, I grew up behind this bar. Ben said as he turned and looked longingly at the picture of Peggy Mitchell, giving her a smile before pouring the first pint and handing it <laughs> and handing it over to a bloated smell of a man. <laughs> With his newfound friends by his side, the drinks were flowing. Kathy's sandwiches were warm in the stomachs of all the residents as an old face sat down by the piano. It was Derek, the musical legend, and Pauline Fowler's iconic gay friend. <laughs> Would you like to be your icon, Derek? <laughs> Can I be it, Derek? I know you love him dearly. Any requests? <laughs> the elderly gentleman asked as he stared longingly at his unrequited love, Paddy. <laughs> Bring me sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we watched that this everything. We watched this scene, didn't we? Yeah. Before we did it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. Kathy slurred as she stumbled through the crowds towards the piano. <laughs> Kathy and the punters reveled in the, in a sing along, a drunken rendition of old favourites and songs you'd hear on smooth radio. Connor, Tracy, and Balam were a dream team. The drinks were flying out and the cash was coming in, and that gave Connor a grand idea. Hey, Callum, are you still looking for a job? The green-eyed Vic owner asked. Uh, hey. He, <laughs> that was very true. Uh, hey, <laughs> he's not doing jobs for anyone. Thank you. He's practically a married man. Ben laughed. Ha 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 ha. No, Ben, if you could remove your mind from the gutter for just a moment, I was meaning, is Callum looking for work? Connor smirked. Yeah, why you hiring? Smiled the lanky lad. 
yeah, as it happens, we need a cook. And Kathy was talking about how you used to cater in the army and previously worked here. If you fancy a bit of, of work to tide you over, we'd be happy to have you. The Vic owner proclaimed. Really? That would be great, Callum said. Then it's sorted. Connor announced as he hired the lad there and then, giving him a job just until he got his police job. Laughter and sing-songs echoed in the dark as a small blonde-haired girl approached the bar. Do you want me to be Lexi? Oh, go on. I'm hungry. That was a very good Lexi. Thank you. I'm a petulant child. I can do it well. (laughs) (laughs) She shouted. Have a bacon roll, princess. Ben offered. I told you, Dad, I don't eat meat except for chicken nuggets. Lexi giggled. We all know someone like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, don't worry. We've made a trifle. If you want some, run in. uh, Why don't you just run in the back? Connor offered. For context, we got the trifle <laughs> idea from the Christmas special with Derek. It's in the episode it's, where Derek plays the piano. It's in the episode. I'm not creepily offering trifle. To, <laughs> I'm not creepily offering trifle to children. <laughs> Callum led the girl and Billy's children into the back for trifle. And though everyone was cheerfully singing along to Derek's tune, and the kids were content with faces covered in trifle, the darkness of the Vic and the looming crisis of the bins had gotten to Connor. And more than that, his mind turned to his sister, who had still not returned. He just placed his head in his hands, exhausted and traumatised by the lack of light (laughs) and the grown smell of (laughs) Phil. I remember laughing at that when we wrote it. (laughs) Meanwhile, Emma had followed Martin all the way to the allotments, sneaking through the cabbage patches and behind rows of green beans. Then she saw it. The fable shed. The one where Martin stored all his secrets, she presumed. Maybe it was him who was sending those messages. Maybe he knew about their secret. Emma had to know. Martin reached inside and acquired his portable generator and began lumbering it back towards the Vic. Seeing her chance, the suspicious young woman raced into the shed. There wasn't much in there. A bag of potatoes, an old chessboard, and a picture of an older gentleman with a flat cap on his head. Probably Martin's father. Probably. Unexpectedly, the door shut behind her. (gasps) And the sound of a lock clicking it shut. Almost forgot to lock this when one a repeat of last time, Martin said to himself. Emma dared not speak, lest she be discovered. She listened intently as his footsteps quieted and disappeared into the distance. Then came another sound, one she didn't expect. Ooh. What is it? What sound? A vibrating noise buzzed beneath a wooden board below her feet. Oh, aye. (laughs) (laughs) She plied the loose board free and the shed was illuminated by a shining electric light. From the screen of a mobile. Who's mobile? Who is it? That's an odd place to put your mobile. Unless, of course, you're up to no good, she thought. Picking it up, she pressed the old Nokia button and answered. I love how it's an old phone. I know. Classic EastEnders. Burner phone has to be like an old phone. (laughs) Without speaking, she listened. We have to talk. They can't be allowed to get away with this. A female voice said. A voice that Emma didn't recognise. 
Emma knew now her suspicions were right. With a press of a button, she ended the call. Now she just had to tell her brother. Unfortunately, she was locked in the shed and there was no way out. She just had to pray someone would discover her. That's when she heard it. The chorus of voices singing. It sounded like, bring me sunshine. Empowered by the joyous tones, Emma knew she had to find a way out. But without explanation, there was a click and the lock fell loose. She was free. But when she stepped out into the dark allotment, there was no one. She called out for whoever helped her to show themselves, but no one did. (gasps) Who was it? Who rescued Emma? Back at the Vic. (laughs) Get your coat. (laughs) A man in a cheap suit stood up as if he was preparing to make an announcement. It was a spectacled man who Nan had called a weasel on their first (laughs) night. I just want to tell everyone the good news. I, Ian Beale, your MP, MP of the people, have managed to get the bins sorted, meaning starting tomorrow, all the bins will be collected. On a weekly basis, the man announced. Cheers sounded and relief washed over the crowds. (laughs) Suddenly the doors swung open. On one side of the Vic, Martin and his portable generator, and on the other, Emma, with a look of fury aimed towards the greengrocer. Before anything else, though, the lights suddenly came back on, and it was just in time as Karen burst through the doors beside Martin. (laughs) (laughs) Her skin was covered in red and swollen lumps. The woman, in only a towel that barely covered her, let out a cry. You've poisoned me, Mo! Karen shrieked. Nan, what have you done? Kat snapped. It wasn't me, I swear. Nan lied. (laughs) <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> God, Sonia, you're killing us. Don't worry. I can help. Sonia said as she rushed to Karen's aid, revealing that in her handbag, though she had no money, she did carry an overabundance of pharmaceutical supplies. <laughs> Good job. Dr. Son was on hand to save the day. Connor laughed. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> I ought to give you a whack, Mo. The chavvy woman roared. <laughs> All right, comic relief. It was an honest mistake. Calm down. Big Mo snapped back before making a swift exit. Emma walked over to Connor. She had to tell him what she had found out. Em, Ian's sorting the bins. Connor shouted over as he noticed his sister, not aware of what had happened. We need to talk. I like that because it sounds like a catch you <laughs> It does. <laughs> We need to talk. <laughs> I can't you come. <laughs> Emma said quietly to her brother as she walked into the back, too distracted to even process the excellent news. Who wants to be Jay? Do you want to be Jay? Just so it's not odd that I'm seducing <laughs> myself like last time. <laughs> Good plan. Good plan. Can I get served? <laughs> A youthful masculine voice chimed. Don't think it did. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, Jay. Don't, don't say that about your voice. It's beautiful. Connor turned to see the most handsome, dashing man. I love that, like, literally, this is just about fulfilling my, my deepest wish. <laughs> <laughs> love our listeners for voting for this. <laughs> well, in the next chapter. That's true. Just a little clue one. there. <laughs> just a little preview, this is. Just a little taste. Most handsome, dashing man he'd seen since he had moved onto the square. 
Staring in a daydream-like enthrallment, Connor admired the pale-skinned man who stood before him, wearing a tight-fitting dark suit and trousers, white button shirt and black tie. Formal wear never looked so good, he thought. I'm literally going to be sick of like the, <laughs> the cringe. I know. The cringe. <laughs> I'm such a cringe, even when I'm trying to be like a seductress. <laughs> I'm like so cringy. You can have whatever you want. Connor offered. Thanks, but I, I don't play for your team. The coppery haired young man countered. If you ever change your mind. The young barman winked. I even did that. Just His shining jaded eyes and cheeky attitude causing the man to smirk. Of course. <laughs> Should I be uh, the cat? <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to be Lola? <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to do our voice, so I'm just going to go with... Lexi! <laughs> he won't! On account of him being with me! Sonia? <laughs> <laughs> he won't! On account of him being with me! I can't do our voice. Can't do Lola. A young, attractive blonde girl interrupted. The young, dark-haired boy looked the woman up and down, his green gaze judging her dalmatian patterned jacket, floral print crop top, and striped white and black trousers. Really? Connor replied in a less than convinced tone. The man beside her smiled a cheeky grin and upon noticing the girl beside him, swatted his arm. Well, that's a shame. Can't blame a guy for trying. Tracy, babe, could you get this gentleman and his uh, bit of rough served? Just need to nip in the back for a moment. Joining his sister by the stairs, he left Tracy to serve the handsome chap and his girlfriend. On the stairs, his sister stood and her face told him everything. I know who's been harassing us. I know who knows our secret. Emma declared. Welcome to Eastendable. It's Tenable with a twist. So I was watching Tenable last week. I texted you about it. Yes, you did. I love it. There was an Eastenders round on it and I was like, prepare yourself. Going to quiz you on it. Can't wait. And here I am. I'm so excited. So, the question was, yep. who were the first 10 characters to run the Queen Vic? Oh. Okay. So, all the rules will be different because it's just you and you don't have a team. Okay. <laughs> so, on the show, they have a team. Mm-hmm. Each teammate takes their turn. And then there's a final round and the whole team and remaining players, whatever, complete the new tenable board. Yes. And that's all to win money. Right. It's just you. Okay, that's fine. You're just playing for fun and fake prizes. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so the rules are going to be slightly different. So they all have a life overrule and nominate a teammate. You're just going to get three lives because I'm feeling generous. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you are going to win some money can't buy prizes. <gasps> oh, I can't wait. You need five correct answers to win the first prize. Right. And that is Aunt Babe will kindly get you going. Oh, oh my God. After five, you can go away, take mm-hmm. that prize quite happily. Yes. Or you can gamble. You might still have your three lives. Ooh. You could win a night at the Roxy with Claudette. <gasps> and Aunt Babe is still getting your coat. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I've always wanted to go to the Roxy. I've always wanted to see those girls, you know, who hold their sister's handbags. <laughs> And if you think you know any more, I think you know seven. Yeah. You could add on a ghost tour with Dottie. Oh. Eight, Sonia has agreed to let you borrow her trumpet. 
<gasps> Nine, a gossip with Detective Denise. She knows some good stuff. Oh, she does know some good goss. You get them all right. You could win a trip to Ireland to see Father Dominic slash Dermot. Oh my God. That's everything. I've always <laughs> wanted to go and, you know, confess my sins to him. <laughs> If you gamble at any point and you lose your final life, yes. Keanu will kidnap you and chain you up for the night. Quite fun still. Yeah, it sounds like my normal Saturday. They normally go to this thing called the Vortex on the show. Oh. Which is literally just backstage. Okay. Yours is more sinister. Mine's more sinister. <laughs> I end up in a disused warehouse, <laughs> chained to a pillar. So, are you ready? I, I think so. Who were the first... 10 characters to run the Queen Vic. You don't have to give me them in order. This can be any order you want, as long as they're on the list, and I'll tell you where they were. Okay. Um, obviously, right off the bat, Peggy. She's got to be one of them. Correct. She is number nine. Great. Um, Phil? Yes, number eight. I want to say Sam Mitchell, but I think she was just holding it kind of thing. I think that she was just holding it. So I'm going to go with who stole it from Sam. It's Den. Correct. <laughs> um, oh, that was a close one. I was like, he's going to lose a light. Oh. He's going to lose a <laughs> um, Angie. Yep. She was obviously another one. <gasps> one more and you win Aunt Babe getting your coat. <gasps> Sharon. Yes! Yes! Aunt Babe will get your coat. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm so, so, so over the moon. <laughs> um, so I would like to gamble. Oh, because obviously the cold getting is great, but um, I would like, you know, a bit of a goss with Denise as well and, and a few other things. And anyway, even if I lose, I get a lovely evening with the You've Keanu. You've got three lives, so you could definitely add on right. a night at the Roxy with Claudette. Oh, okay. God, that would be everything. That would be everything. Um, another one, Frank. You've just won a night at the Roxy with Claudette. <gasps> oh my God. You've still got three lives. You can keep gambling. Come on. Um, I'll gamble again then, Emma. And I'm going to say Mick Carter. Oh, just like the woman on the telly. She said that too and it's oh. wrong. Oh. You've lost one life. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll be sensible now. I'll be sensible now. Um, He's too late. Oh, it's true, isn't it? I just remind you. So, you know, nine was Peggy, if that helps. Right. One was Dirty Den. Two, Angie Watts. Three, Frank Butcher. You got Sharon at number six. Yeah. Phil at number eight. And Peggy at number nine, if that helps in any sort of way. Right. So I'm going to say Grant Mitchell. You've just added on a ghost tour with Donnie. Fabulous. There's nothing more that I love than ghosts, is there? Grant is at number seven. I would say for the... the Tenth one. Was it Ian? You've lost the second oh. life. Oh no. You can take home what you've already won at any point. Or you can give it one more go. I'm gonna give it one more go. And if I get this wrong, I'm gonna have to say a line afterwards, okay? Okay. Chrissy. <gasps> You're gonna be kidnapped by Keanu and Prince James! Now I know what it's like to be mine! <laughs> would you like to know all the answers yes go on so one dirty den yeah two angie three frank four pat do you know i was literally so thingy about pat i was like 
did she own it or did Frank just own it like and she was just there? The next one got me because I didn't remember this at all. Oh. Five, Eddie Royal. I totally forgot about Eddie like, Royal. Literally, if this and number 10 were your last two, I was just going to say, just take their prizes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number six, Sharon. Seven, Grant. Eight, Phil. Nine, Peggy. Ten, Dan Sullivan. Really? Yeah. I totally w- forgot th- about Dan. Dan and Eddie, when they came up, I went, eh? And I, I was like, totally oh, forgot I totally forgot. I remember that Eddie got killed, didn't he? That was one of his storylines, like, uh, yeah. Eddie Royal got murdered. Because that's all to do with Nick Cotton. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't remember uh, no, I didn't. Dan owning it. Nope. I'm in a state of shock. I'm in a state of shock. I'm just going to go and get Keanu for you and enjoy mm. your night. I'm sure I will. Welcome to the outtakes. Part three. Welcome to E20, your unofficial EastEnders passport. <laughs> I love that. Your unofficial EastEnders passport, where we take you to Wolfhard and back. Remember where your exits are. <laughs> here, here, and here. So, wait. Uh, don't know what's happening. <laughs> don't know what just happened there. It turns out Ian Beale not only has a framed photo of Nelson Van... Nelson Vandella. Sada's brother. Nelson Vandella. It's like my tongue stuck in my mouth. He got knocked down, but he got up again. Nothing's going to keep it. He got knocked down, but he got up again. Why can't I do it? He got knocked down, but he got up again. Why can't I do it? Welcome to E20's fan fiction. It's a tale we tell of secrets and scandals. Secrets? <laughs> <laughs> Sequits. Welcome. Should I just start it? It's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. That literally starts with the most British thing ever. Sorry. Sorry. Stan? Brown sugar. 